Well, I want to welcome you from wherever you are tuning in. My name is Tom, and I am the lead pastor of Restored Church in Temecula, California, that is uh, actually celebrating its second birthday today, the day that you're watching this, on a Sunday. Two years ago, we began gathering together as a church family publicly at Margarita Middle School, and while we are not gathering that way currently, we are still grateful and thankful for all that God has done the last two years. And frankly, like I get excited thinking about all that's gonna come in the future. Um, I'm so proud and grateful to be a part of this community, Restored Temecula, the ways that you love each other, you're growing in love for God, for your city, and man, it's just such a privilege. Like, I really just hope that you are taking a moment um, to let gratitude stir up in your heart Gratitude to God for the ways that he's blessed all of us um, in the last couple years. So happy birthday, Restored Temecula, uh, to Harbor City and Durban. Love you guys. So glad that you're joining us. Restored Uptown, brothers and sisters, we love you guys. So glad to be here with you today. Um, we are actually in week three of this series that we're doing together called Home Sweet Home. And this series is all about like we're exploring how we can bear good spiritual fruit while we're living this quarantined life in our homes. If you, if you missed any, either of the, uh, the messages prior to this one, I just want to highly encourage you to tune into those. Uh, Grant and Andy both did a phenomenal job kind of laying a foundation for where we're headed today. Today, we're going to begin working our way through kind of the fruit of the Spirit that, that Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5. He describes the, the fruit of the Spirit. And in this chapter, Galatians chapter 5, Paul, what he does is he actually contrasts this idea of walking in the flesh with walking in the Spirit. Two very different things. And what Paul says, he says that when we walk in step with the Spirit, when we're engaged with the Spirit, when we're, when we're walking in the Spirit, will bear a certain kind of fruit. And what Paul's doing here is he's, he's touching on a very similar concept that Jesus teaches in John chapter 15. It's this, it's this kind of famous, famous passage, one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible, where Jesus, he says, I am the true vine and you are the branches. He's talking to his disciples. I am the true vine, you are the branches. And he says something. He says, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. It's this idea of like, of, of, of some translations say abiding in him. If you abide in me, if you remain in me, if you stay with me, if you engage with me, if you don't move on, if you, if you stay with me, if you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. And the fruit that he's talking about is a fruit that can only come from the spirit of God. And he says something remarkable. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. We're talking about this idea of bearing this Jesus fruit, this fruit of the Spirit of God, while we're living this complex reality of being quarantined in our homes, presented with unique challenges, unique obstacles to doing that, unique temptations. But that's where we're going. Um, <clears throat> so if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and grab your Bible and flip to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. So after Paul describes kind of the, the outcome of walking in the flesh, he says this in verse 22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's what we're talking about today. 
He's going to go on to list eight other things. We'll talk about those other things in the weeks to come. But today, we're talking about this idea of love. That's what we're focusing in on. So what I want to do before I kind of dive in to the content that I have for you is I just want to pray. I want to ask the Spirit to come, to fill me, to bless you, and to, uh, yeah, to lead us for our time. So would you join me in prayer? Holy Spirit, I just want your presence right now. Um, you know the camera is not my favorite thing in the world, but you know how much I love the people on the other side of it. So I just pray and ask you now, would you fill me? Would you put your words in my mouth, God? I want to bless my brothers and sisters. I don't want to do any, anything that gets in the way of your agenda, of what you desire to accomplish in all of our hearts and minds. And I'm asking you right now to teach us about love. Enlighten our hearts. Enlighten our minds. Give us ears to hear from you and eyes to see you more clearly. We love you and we're grateful. Amen. Okay, so uh, if we're going to talk about this idea of bearing the spiritual fruit of love, we kind of need to know what love is. And maybe you've been around the church for a long time and you've heard all the different, you know, three different Greek words and all this different stuff. I'm actually gonna take it from a different angle today. I'm gonna kind of simplify things way down. I have a definition of love for you that I think is really, really helpful, okay? And I don't think you're gonna disagree with me. So love is defined as this, to have a great affection, care for, or loyalty towards. I'm gonna say that again. Love is defined as to have a great affection, care for, or loyalty towards. Now here's the thing, all of us, you watching at home, me, we all have experience with love as I outlined before. We all, all of us, we've had great affection towards people or things even, great care for people or things, great loyalty towards people or things. We have experience with love. I mean, think about it. You might be watching this with people you dearly love. Uh, maybe it's uh, your spouse or, or children or parents or siblings or close friends or pets or even like pizza. Like there's this reality all of us have experience with having a deep loyalty, care for, and great affection towards people and things, our favorite things. So we know what love feels like. It's not that foreign to any of us. We know what, what it feels like when, when love is present, and we know what it feels like when love is absent. We all actually have quite a bit of experience with love. But Jesus, he says something about love in Luke chapter 6 that is mind-blowing. So I want to take you there really quickly. I want to read something to you from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 32. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus says this. But I say to you who listen, love your enemies. Do what is good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone hits you on the cheek, offer the other also. And if anyone takes away your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks you, and from, and from someone who takes your things, don't ask for them back. Just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. Listen to this in verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. 
So what Jesus is doing here is he's contrasting what I kind of want to refer to as natural love. Just kind of track with me here. He's contrasting natural love with a different love. All right? What I'll call a heavenly love. Okay? So just, like I said, track with me. He's contrasting a natural love that even sinners experience and engage in and enjoy with a different love, a heavenly love. Now, this natural love, it's a love that's oriented around self. How do we know that? Because it's conditional. He says, even sinners love those who love them. And then he also describes a different love, this heavenly love. And this heavenly love is a deeper love. It's a greater love than a natural love. Why? Because it's not conditional. Did you catch what he said? Now, conditional love. Conditional love is a love that's granted on certain terms. So in other words, it's I'll love you if. I'll love you if you're nice. I'll love you if you make me happy. I'll love you if you have something to offer me. I'll love you if you please me. If you love me back, I'll love you. There's ifs involved, okay? Conditional means that there are restrictions to the love. That's natural love. It's conditional. Now, uh, I want to play a fun little game really quickly. I want to ask you a trivia question. So you at home, you can play along. Here's the trivia question, and you're not allowed to Google it, okay? The trivia question is this. And and this theme of love we're talking about, right? What's the best-selling love song in history by a female artist? Let it sink in. Don't you dare Google it. What's the best-selling love song in history by a female artist? Some of you already have it. Uh, Here's a hint for you if you need a hint. It was released in 1992. Some of you watching this weren't even born yet, but either way, it was released in 1992. Your next hint is it was part of a movie soundtrack. Uh, You probably guessed it. It's I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston, right? The the classic, The Bodyguard, right? With Kevin Costner, Whitney Houston, that song. I can still picture the end of it where she runs out to him and embraces, they embrace and it's the the drum. You know the song, okay? I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Amazing song. Whitney's voice is just like incredible, period. But did you know that that song is a cover song? It wasn't written by Whitney Houston. In fact, it was written and performed and released in 1974. Do you know who the original writer and performer of that song was? It was Dolly Parton. So 1974, she releases this song. And guys, here's the thing. Dolly Parton's version of that song is wonderful. It's it's a great song. The original is a great song. But Whitney's version? Dude, Whitney's version is a better version. Friends, what Jesus is telling us here in Luke chapter 6, what Jesus is saying is that natural love is great. It's wonderful, but there's a better version. There's a greater version of love. It's a love that isn't conditional. Like, not only is it unconditional love, but it's counter-conditional. It's a love for those who hate you. 
It's a, it's a love for those who disagree with you. It's a love for those in opposition to you, who disrespect you. It's a counter-conditional love. And Jesus, what he's doing here is he's describing an honest, genuine love, despite even disappointments that would come at you or even rejection. Friends, this heavenly love that Jesus is showing us here, it's the kind of love that you and I were created to produce like fruit from a tree. So, before we move forward, I just want us all to get a pulse. What version of love are you producing? The unique challenges of living the quarantined life. What version of love are you producing? Is it a natural love that's conditional? Or there's these ifs involved, these stipulations maybe? You see, Jesus, he says there's a better version, and it's way better. So that's my first point for you. There's a better and greater version of love. Um, the next thing for you, this heavenly love that we're talking about, that Jesus is presenting to us, it's supernatural. Okay, that means it's not natural. And sometimes it seems impossible, okay? Especially if you live with other people. Uh, this this counter-conditional love can, be, can seem impossible. But this idea that it's supernatural, it means it's from God. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says this. This hope will not disappoint us because, listen, God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So, so this heavenly, unnatural love this greater and better version of love is from God. Like, he is the source of it. It says here that, that it was poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but that conjures up, that conjures up similar pictures in my mind, like the, the, the vine and the branch that Jesus talks about in John 15. I'm the true vine, you are the branches. It's the... The fruit of the Spirit is this heavenly love. It comes from God for us to experience and then for us to produce, to taste it for ourselves, to actually take it in, and then to let it out. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says this, one of my favorite verses. This is how we have come to know love. The, the, this heavenly love that Jesus is talking about, this, this seemingly impossible love, this is how we've come to know that kind of love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So we, we, we learn about this greater love. We, we taste this better love. We receive this heavenly love through Jesus laying down his life for us. Like, listen, this is not a normal love. This is not a normal natural love. Why? Because it's undeserved. More scripture for you. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. 
but God proves his own love. Some, some translations don't use prove. Some translations use demonstrate or, or shows. So God shows or demonstrates or proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is not natural love. This is counter-conditional love. And Jesus doesn't just speak about this greater love. He demonstrates it by dying for enemies. Those who choose their own way to rule their own lives instead of submitting to his rule, his way as king. That includes me. That includes you. I want to ask you to picture something in your mind's eye for a moment. I want you to picture an acoustic guitar. Okay? Hopefully it's showing up in your mind's eye right now. Picture an acoustic guitar. And I want you to kind of start at the top of the guitar. Okay? You have the headstock, which has like the, you know, the tuning keys up there, right? On each side. And the strings are round, wound around those. And the strings come down the neck, right? Across the fretboard of the neck, and then down to the base where the, where the, uh, the bridge is at. So the, the, the strings of the guitar, all the way from the bottom of the bridge, all the way to the top of the head. And then you also have the body of the guitar, right? It's curved, and there's, there's, a, there's a sound hole right in the middle. Okay, picture that in your mind's eye. You have strings on this guitar, right? And those strings, they vibrate when you play them. And depending on where your fingers are on the fret, on the neck, right? Where where you press, it changes the way that those strings vibrate. And then what happens is the vibrations of those strings, what do they do? They get taken in through the sound hole. And what comes out is an amplified version of what was taken in. Listen. Listen. The exact same thing is true for this supernatural, heavenly love. My friend, you and I are just like acoustic guitars. You see, God created you and I to reproduce this greater version of love. How? By taking it in. By by receiving it for ourselves. And listen, the result of taking it in, the fruit, is that same love coming out of us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 says this. You've heard it before, I'm sure. We love because he first loved us. So this unnatural, seemingly impossible, greater version of love is received, it's taken in, and then it's reproduced. This heavenly love is supernatural, but it's possible. So friends, the key to all of this is receiving God's gracious love for you. Last week, um, Andy, he gave us all some really practical instructions for how to end our day in prayer. I thought it was super helpful. I want you to keep doing that, okay? For starters, I want you to keep doing that. But I want to give you some practical instructions on how to start your day in prayer, okay? If we want to be people 
who bear spiritual fruit, right? Who bear the fruit of a supernatural, heavenly love. Listen to me. We have to receive it first. We have to receive it first. Just like an acoustic guitar, okay? We need to take it in. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. The fruit that we bear is not gonna be good spiritual fruit, okay? We need, if we wanna be people who bear the supernatural heavenly love that Jesus has created us to, we need to receive it first. We need to abide in the true vine that is Jesus. We need to remain in him. We need to receive from him. Um, so, I have the privilege of living in the beautiful Temecula Valley, okay? It is the premier destination in Southern California for wine. It is literally known for wine. I grew up in the area, and when I travel, like, nobody knows about tonight. It, like, growing up, it was, it was just a small little area, this enclave of Southern California that most people didn't know about. For whatever reason, well, I know the reason, but recently, traveling around the world, people will ask, you know, where are you from? And I'll tell them I'm from Temecula. And years ago, people would have, where's that? You know, it's between LA and San Diego and kind of east of Orange County. And people had no idea. But because of the wine, people are starting to become more aware of Temecula, of my home. And uh, one of the, like I said, it's famous for wine. And one of the things that people do when they come here is they love to go wine tasting because there's tons of wineries. And if you've ever been wine tasting, it's actually a pretty, it's a pretty cool experience. So they have, you know, they have glasses for you and, and they, they, what they do is they, they'll pour just enough wine for you to taste. And they'll give you a bunch of different options that you can choose from. Oftentimes it's like a menu and they'll take you through a bunch of different grapes, a bunch of different varieties of wine. And it's really, it's actually really fun because you can start to develop a palate. You can start to really taste the differences in the different kinds of wine. And here's the thing about wine tasting. When you taste the wine, like you actually have to take your time. I mean, I hope that no one goes wine tasting and just pounds the wine. No, the point is to taste the wine. And what you do is you move slowly. Like, like you really taste it. You, you, you swirl it around in your glass and, and you smell it and you get the aromas and you examine it. And then you taste a little bit. You put a little bit in your mouth and you kind of move it around so your taste buds fire from all over. And you really taste it. It's the point of wine tasting. So here's my practical application for us um, as followers of Jesus in this season. I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to do that same thing that we would do here in Temecula with wine. I want to invite you to do that with the cross. In the morning... Before you get out of bed, I want you to do a cross tasting. I want you to spend five, maybe 10 minutes just meditating on the cross. Like, examine it. Spend some time, move slowly, consider its implications, personalize it, really taste it. Receive it before you even get out of bed. We just read the scripture, by this we know love, that Jesus laid down his life for us. Wake up 
to a cross tasting. Listen to me. This is super simple. I know that. But if you do this every single day, this will change your life. Examining the cross and its implications for you, you know what that will do? That will awaken your heart to the reality of God's supernatural, heavenly, counter-conditional, passionate, undeserved, gracious love for you. And if you taste that every day, not just if you slam it back, if you taste it, if you really receive it, if you enjoy it, it will change your life. It will transform the way that you love from natural and conditional to counter-conditional and heavenly. We have to receive that. We have to remain in Jesus, abide in Jesus, receive that love from Jesus if we want to be people who then bear that kind of spiritual fruit not just in our homes in a time of quarantine, but for the rest of our lives. So, I challenge you, before you get out of bed in the morning, spend five minutes and do a cross tasting. I wanna pray for us and I'll let you go. Father, your word says that you are love. Like God is love. First John chapter four, God is love. The implications of that are staggering. Like you are this heavenly love. You are this supernatural love, this unnatural, different kind, spectacular love. God, and that means you never stop being that. It's always that. What, 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 what? radiates from you, what comes from you towards us at all times is this counter-conditional love for us. And the greatest display of that that anyone has ever experienced is the cross of Jesus. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would personalize that for us. I pray that when we're tempted to, to, to kind of put you in a spot where, 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 where you are, the way that you love is somehow conditional, it's not. You are love, and it's a love that is counter-conditional. And you never stop doing that. You never stop offering that to us. It's grace. So would you teach us, Holy Spirit? Would you develop that in us so that we can bear that kind of love, that we could, we could produce that same kind of love to the people around us, and in doing so, that they might encounter you? That's our prayer. So we love you, Jesus. Teach us to abide in the true vine, to receive from you, and then to bear spiritual fruit that looks a whole lot more like you. We love you. We trust you. Help us. In your holy and beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you. Miss you dearly. Be safe and be well, okay?